That works. Good morning. Uh, how is everyone doing? It's early in the morning. It's, it's very early. Um, right. Who Welcome into the Irish NFL show. Who's our name? this? <laughs> I, it's it's good to get this done and, and we can we can talk about because I mean it, it leaked online overnight as well so it's, it's good to chat about before we even start here lads we're presented by uh, the Arlingus College Football Classic tickets are now on sale for the Northwestern Nebraska game and as you've seen at the start of the show we're also presented by Trust Gaming you can follow Trust Gaming on Instagram for uh, fantastic quality gaming gear the right gear for any budget and we're also presented by Mini Arcade Systems, Ireland's best arcade systems. You'll see that throughout the screen at the bottom of the show. Uh, Colm, how's, how's the form? Awake? I'm glad that the, the schedule is is finally here. Um, I I do not enjoy schedule speculation. I just wanted to, to be there. Um, all, all 32 teams have 17 games. All 32 teams have a bye week. Um, it's fun to talk about the, the matchups and there will be plenty to um, debate and, and discuss. But I suppose at this time of the year, everyone pencils something in and then, you know, there will be, by the time we get to the end of September, um, one team who we all expected to, you know, not have a great season will be flying high and one team who we thought big things of and we penciled their games in to definitely watch and that's the pick of this week. That won't be the case. Brian, the Cardinals will be four zero by the end of September, yeah, as, as usual. Or? I'm not sure this year. Bear in mind who they play week one, but yeah, I can understand your, your reason behind that. It, look, Callum is right. Like these teams are. I woke up this morning. I see all these. Uh, oh, this team has a soft schedule, and this team has played that, and this team straight away should be winning X Y Z. But the reality is, we know every NFL season is very, very different. Last year, for example, me and Colin felt that the Dolphins were. A show in to potentially be an AFC wildcard that never materialized, they never got themselves going until the back end of the season. That's what's going to happen next year. There's teams there that will not be winning week one, two that we expected. And some of the bigger teams aren't playing at home until week three. They've got the tough start, and I'm sure we'll come to it. Like, but you look at the books, for example, Cowboys last year, week one, Cowboys nearly beat them. Now they're going into Dallas Sunday night football week one. They go straight on to play the Saints, and the Saints have had their number for quite a few years now. So you know, you look at that and two difficult games for the books to start. So there's going to be, you know, you know yourself, there's going to be shocking results come week one that we didn't expect to see as well. Can't wait to see that. Uh, it's not too far away now. September the 8th is the NFL kickoff. And as, as our friend Peter King said a few weeks ago, he was bang on the money, um, guessing, or not guessing, predicting that it's going to be the Bills against the Rams on September the 8th um, to kick off the season in SoFi Stadium. Colm, as a, as a neutral fan, does that game excite you? Um, and do you think it's yeah, too early yes. for that No, no, they, like football. This is the forget the the actual you know leaks and all that stuff. Real football. I mean, I could watch it any game, and and I think I'd find something in it. And for the the Bills and Rams will be fascinating. For the the Rams, obviously the defending champs. We we know all all about them. They, they've lost a couple of pieces. Obviously, Von Miller gone to the Bills. The Bills, you would have to say, look like they've really built um, one of the, the top teams in the a AFC. So you you would expect this to be quite the, the game. Two teams, exciting teams. Uh, we all know how it ended for the Bills the last time they were on the, the field. I imagine they will want to get off to a quick start, put that behind them, because if they don't then all of a sudden the questions going into week two uh, are not just around the 13 seconds but it's around uh, losing in in week one as well i think that should be an absolutely great game um in the the brian talked about it earlier the bucks cowboys was probably a surprising game almost somewhat last last year you know it turned out to be a better game this has huge expectations but i do think it's a game that can live up to those expectations you happy with the first game bro Oh, absolutely delighted. Yeah, it's a, it's a fantastic game to start the season. For a neutral, you know, to see two no, Super Bowl champions are always great to watch no matter who they are. And then obviously the Bills and Connors touch on Devis still be mulling over that and uh, let down against the Chiefs. And look, they've re they've revamped the team to a certain extent. You know, they haven't lost too many players either. They seem to have brought back quite a significant amount of players from last year's team. The Bills are the favourites right now. If you look at the odds for the Super Bowl, I'm not going to get into a betting mark or any, but they are they've been standing favourites for quite some time so look they've got the expectations are huge from this year it's very much winner now type scenario for the bills and 
if they don't get off to a fast start in in LA, it doesn't get any easier. You know, I know they've obviously the Titans have lost a lot of players, and obviously there's the AJ Brown trade, but they've got the Titans in week two. You know, on a Monday night football and another prime time game, so the pressure will be on them straight away if they don't get that win. In in the rounds, look, the Bills will probably look at this from a point of view: of, it's going to be a difficult game no matter when we go into LA. Are we better off facing them week one when they may not necessarily be at their their best? You know. You saw last year with the Bucks, the Cowboys. Everybody felt maybe this was the right time for the Cowboys to play the Bucks week one, and they nearly beat them. They lost in the last second field goal. So, I think the Rams, sorry, the Bills will go into LA, you know, confident they can turn over the Rams, and it'll be interesting to see what Rams we're going to see next year because we have seen in the past what some teams do well and go back to the playoffs. The Bucks last year, for example, there has been Super Bowl hangovers even for the teams that win it. So, big game to start the season, great game. They couldn't have picked a better game to be honest. Yeah, I, I love the opening game and I love the prospect of Josh Allen going to LA and seeing what can happen there. I think they've got Tennessee week two as well, so it's going to be intriguing. We're, we're going to try and maybe run through the slate here and try and pick on certain teams in a wee minute. Uh, things that have stood out, lads, over the schedule release have been obviously one of the first things we look for is Thanksgiving. Uh, this year, the early game for us is the Bills against the Lions. Um, and then the middle game is the Giants against the Cowboys in an NFC East matchup. And the late game is the Patriots against the Vikings. Um, I've just seen that for the first time. That's my reaction. That's, I mean, I guess two out of three in bad column. Um, well, I'm only joking. Uh, that, the, the Thanksgiving games, you know, you, the, we know that, that certain teams will always uh, play on on Thanksgiving, and so the the Lions, it, it'll be very interesting, right? By that point of the season. You're a year and a half essentially into the the Dan Campbell experience. Um, we we'll have to see where where they're at. They they should be better. Um, they seem to be getting it together a little bit. Um, towards the back end of last year, playing certainly um, you know at, at a at a higher level. They were comp- like they competed for Dan Campbell all throughout last year. That's the the thing you'd have to say. They never once quit on him. Um, now can they they build on that given the the draft picks that they have uh, had? Um, how will uh, Aiden Hutchinson do? So that that's that's one. But at that point, you would also expect the the Bills to be looking to really put a, a stranglehold on on their division. Um, but we we have seen sometimes strange things on on Thanksgiving. Um, obviously, the Lions had their hearts broken last year, um, and uh, I. I will hopefully um, be stateside again at that point and able to enjoy uh, all all three games. But yeah, I mean that's that is the the tradition. Um, the Patriots are kind of the the great unknown of this season. I think you know there's all the historical elements that go into it, but every time you hear something come out over recent weeks, be it some kind of odd draft picks. Um, then there's talk about they don't know who the play caller will be, and they could be could potentially come down to the summer and looking how that things go in training camp, obviously with Josh McDaniels moving on. Um, and and the, the Vikings, can the Vikings ever take a, a step beyond purple purgatory? Yeah, and obviously like the middle game, it, the last few years, I know last year it was the Raiders, but the prior, year prior to that it was the Washington Commanders against the Cowboys. And the Giants haven't played on Thanksgiving since 2009 when they played on the late game against your Broncos, so it's been quite a while since the Giants have fallen into that to that uh, special day for the for the Americans. Um, look, the Cowboys for me have had a one of the the worst off seasons. I mean, they've lost players; they don't seem to replace players. If you look out to what how their draft went, I know Jerry Jones has picked it up that we got the players we wanted, but I don't I don't buy into that. I think things didn't go for them go for them the way in which they had hoped in the draft. There's pressure there right now. I'd see the Eagles as the favorite for the division and. Cowboys don't win on Thanksgiving. The Cowboys haven't won on Thanksgiving for four or five years. So um, it's a good time for the Giants to play, I imagine. And but you look at Giants' schedule, and unfortunately, because of the position we're in, we actually have what people see as a kind of a light schedule this year in terms of who we play. We play Jags, Texans, Lions, Bears, all at home, Panthers at home. Very winnable games. And I'm sure they'll be saying the exact same thing about playing the Giants, but the Giants might be in a better position come Thanksgiving that we're not watching a game with a team who's potentially looking to next season's draft is more so than focused on the games at hand. But um, look, it's always going to be a game, a good game. And the the important thing for the schedule is they don't need to pick massive games on, on 
Thanksgiving because they know that the ratings are always going to be there. Looking forward to those games. Uh, maybe not the last game, but look, all good. And I know you're talking about the Giants. Are Collins delighted that his team's playing at uh, at a reasonable time that week, especially if he's in the states? Ha ha ha! Uh, Christmas, uh, you, lads. My wife hasn't woke up yet, so I can say this. Um, when I told her that there was games on Christmas Day this year, and more than one, she wasn't happy. No, I'm not. There's no point in me lying about that, lads. Uh, Christmas Day, six o'clock Ireland time. <laughs> The Packers against the Dolphins, half nine, the Broncos against the Rams, and 20, uh, 20 past one, Sunday night football or Christmas night football. The Bucks against the Cardinals, column, uh, sounds like a big night. Sounds like everyone's going to have to get in the Sky Studio for that by- bypass Christmas, and it's, it's an NFL Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, the two later games, I think, are, are fine. Gen- generally, people are winding down a little bit at, at that stage. That that six o'clock one, though, um, that, that is probably the, the, the toughie uh, for, for a lot of people. Um, I mean, for, for the, the Broncos, it's uh, an opportunity to test themselves against the, the Super Bowl champs on, um, on Christmas Day. George Payton, um, you know, has received a, a lot of praise this offseason in terms of what he has managed to do. But um, he, the team has to actually go out and uh, and do it at that point. So um, for look for for us, obviously, it's at um, a bit li- later for for people uh, stateside. If you're also trying to um, unwrap presents, cook Christmas dinner and do all the uh, the other festivities that, that go into it. That must be a logistical nightmare to try to coordinate all of that. The NBA must be, the NBA must be delighted, Brian, with this prospect. I'd say the NBA, 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 NBA are uh, absolutely disgusted, to be honest, because they know the reality is the NFL rules and the NFL will then dip into their, their viewing audience that they probably have banked for the number of years since they started putting all those Christmas Day games together. I rewind back to one day, Christmas Eve, um, for uh, parents of young children who have a lot of Christmas activities to get to get done in terms of uh, making sure the house is in position for Santa arriving. And obviously some people like to go to Mass on Christmas Eve to have which is a full slate of NFL games on Christmas Eve for a lot of parents of my age who have young kids is a, what we call a monumental disaster as one said as one parent of a, of a, a Broncos fan text me your day a monumental disaster to see Christmas Eve uh, hosting NFL games and I explained that it was pushed back a day because the Sunday this year is Christmas Day and he says I suppose and he started earmarking how he was going to have people in bed by 9 torture to enjoy the second game of Christmas Day and uh, he even suggested he'd be watching Red Zone from maybe 11 o'clock on Christmas Eve to catch up on all the games but uh yeah look that's the way it goes you know just one weekend out of 18 you just have to box clever as they say can't wait to see our live show schedule that way uh <laughs> it's crazy be... but sorry yeah. just ask for the game sorry ask for the games themselves yeah. um like we're, we're expecting a lot from the dolphins this year you know new head coach that obviously got big in terms of certain trades they only had four picks in the draft because essentially they gave so much away for the tyree kill and they've obviously brought in some significant players they've he built the offensive line for two so big year for two but a great game you know against the packers who should be going for the playoffs and then obviously that even the later game books and cards i mean that's another one um the cards should be in potentially meltdown mode by then and the, the books could be driving towards the playoffs so and the, and the other game obviously is a good one as well so yeah they, they've selected intensive isolation games but they're games absolutely in terms of looking at the whole schedule here as i wheeze my eyes through this the first bye weeks are week six green bay have got a uh no they haven't detroit's got a buy houston's got a buy vegas have got a buy tennessee have got a buy uh, and it all sort of starts from there the teams with the latest buys are in week 14 the falcons the bears whose schedule leaked yesterday very mysteriously the green bay packers the colts uh, and the new orleans saints and the washington commanders so t- a lot a lot of teams are with a, a very very late buy and column uh, do you prefer to have an early buy or a late buy, or do you not care? You see a lot of teams, and I'll probably ask Brian this, but a lot of teams uh, choosing to forego their buy uh, after London, for example. The Packers are doing that, and and the Giants as well, I think. So uh, it's interesting. Yeah, I think teams generally prefer the the, late, the later uh, buy, right? Because essentially, you you want to you're going to accumulate more injuries generally as the season goes on. There's more wear and tear. 
um, particularly for you know the the running backs and your on probably both lines. So you like to try to get that um, you know if you can later. A couple of things that maybe jumped out at me was um, that Carson Wentz uh, will be facing uh, the Jags in week one. Obviously, the the reason, uh, you know, uh, that he was traded out of the, the Colts, he, so he faces them again. And I think that is one thing that jumped out to me on the, the week one side of thing for the, the commanders. And um, for, for me in, in week in uh, week two, um, you have the the Chargers at the Chiefs. They gave us two unbelievable games last year. And in, in fairness to the Chargers, they have had quite the, the off-season. And whilst, you know, they probably haven't lived up to maybe the billing last year, and at times, obviously, 2010 being the standout, you know, um, they, they, they don't have the fear factor against the, the Chiefs, and the Chiefs don't have... Um, the kind of record that they do against the Broncos, the Chargers always play the, the Chiefs. They, they will feel they're in with a, a chance of winning it. Um, so you would have to say that that looks like uh, quite the, the matchup. Another, like at times we're told, you know, the Thursday night games aren't great, but my goodness, what a what a couple of Thursday night games to start the season this year. Brian, I say there the column, like you see the Giants not, not taking a bye after the London game. They, they've got... Um... Baltimore in 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 New York and then at Jacksonville, um, at Seattle and then a, a week nine bye. Uh, do, do you agree with not taking a bye or do you really care? Or no, I, I I do agree with it. I think what's happened over the course of the the 10, 15 years since the games become international is that originally teams were kind of kind of scared by the fact they had to travel so far across to the UK and obviously then going back and. But I think as time has gone on, the teams have obviously got a little bit more clever in terms of the logistics of going to, to play the games in the UK. And next, I think they're starting to realise, was the enormity of the, of the trip is significant. It's still it's still similar enough in terms of the, the travel time to go out West Coast. So, I mean, if they go play West Coast, like New York, if you're playing Seattle away, for example, which the Giants have this year and they did two years ago, New York to Seattle, I imagine, is in the region of six-hour flight. So they're going to fly maybe six and a half, seven hours to London, give or take. And then I think what we're finding is, and we've seen it last year when we were, we were in the airport, unfortunately, to see some of the players. So a lot of teams are, are, are traveling back straight away within reason a couple of hours after the game. So they're back in Stansted and they're traveling back. And because of the time difference, essentially, the majority are getting back just around midnight local time in the US. So that allows them on the Monday to give the players time to recover. So essentially, they're straight back into the to the the walk-in Tuesday and leading up to the next game. And for the fact that the Giants are in New York and they're going back and they're playing at home against the Jags, it makes sense for the Giants to uh, bypass the, the week down and take it, take a further into the season. I think most teams would rather do it further into the season because injuries start to catch up, fatigue and tiredness of, of the team. Um, the Packers now is, is more, I, I was surprised a little bit by the Packers. I think they're playing, they are playing at home the following week, but the Packers have a little bit more of a, an extensive journey than the Giants would going back to New York. But no, look, I think it's a, it's something now, and it's good to see the league offering this to the teams more so than just assuming they want them putting it in place. I know that the teams can can veto it and, and put it in, but it's good that they're acknowledging the teams don't want to do it. Um, I'm looking forward to discussing Monday night football and week one in particular, if if we can roll on to that one uh, soon enough, Michael. Yeah, absolutely. I was actually going to say, like, next, is, is there is there any games that stands out for you, lads? So, yeah, definitely. I mean, like, let's, let's look at that Monday night slate. So, Monday night football week one. Um, Oh, okay. Yeah. Now, now I'm awake. But I, I actually, I'll give you the reason why I'm, I'm interested. I'm, I'm really am interested here. Broncos Seattle in, in Seattle. Yeah. And the reason why, it's not so much about the game. I'm surprised they put it on in week one because no matter when they played that game this season, we all knew it was going to be in prime time, whether it was Sunday night football or, or Monday night. And the ratings are always going to be significant and high no matter what, what time, this, what stage of the season. Maybe if it was later on in the season, the Seahawks weren't doing so well. So I always felt it would be maybe late October. Um, and for them to put her in a week one, um, it's it's. I just think it's, a, it's an unusual move. I think Seattle are going to be really up for the game because obviously it's week one anyway. You know they're at home, and I don't think I've. I think Russell Wilson would have probably preferred it to be later in the middle of the season so he can settle into his new team and and maybe go win the games and put themselves in the more confident position going in I, I still think they'll win the game don't get me wrong I just think I just think it's unusual I'm, I'm surprised they went with a week one I think it's one of those games that they had in their back pocket for the season that they could have really milked for a week similar to when Brady went back to the page last year and they could have had the whole 
you know, the two hours where you literally had to move your television for two hours because it was getting beyond the joke and listen to all the Tom Brady stuff. But uh, I'm surprised that they, they've essentially got the game out of the way and put it in in week four. But it's oh, a great game, great. don't get me wrong. I'm, it's a game I'll, I'll really look forward to. It's not so much against teams of the game. It's just why they've done it in week one. It's, it's strange to me. A big, like, well done to all of us for getting through 20 for eight minutes and not talking about Tom Brady's big contract. I'm sure we'll get talking about that in a wee bit. Um, maybe we'll guests coming on in a few minutes. Colin, I can see what Brian's saying, but even for me, it's like, does ESPN, NBC, Fox, or, or NFL Network want to put the the one and eight Seattle Seahawks on against them in November? Or do you think it's like the most value week one? Do you think that's maybe the best? Like when you, it's, I, it's when it's zero for zero, like? I, I think that's part of it. I also think, yeah, like because it's a huge story. I think essentially what you're seeing the league do is, right, viewing figures were unbelievable last year. Like they were probably even better than maybe the league had hoped. And we know football is king. But I think what they are looking to do is absolutely knock it out of the the park with the first weekend's figures. We we know that Thursday night game, the Rams-Bills, is going to be huge. We discussed that with Peter King. He felt that that was probably the way the league was going to go because they didn't want to see any dip. Right. So essentially, if you look at the first two Thursday night games and the first kind of couple of weeks, even weeks three and four, if the league has really strong viewing figures through that first month, it puts them in a very strong position. Uh, you would have to say everyone's talking again about football and football being king. I think that played uh, a role. I also think it gives you a, a narrative that the league can lead into it. It would be more difficult. Um, if the Seahawks were were struggling, I think the the interesting thing is um, around the schedule releases. Right, we're looking as we sit here right now. Drew Locke is the presumptive starter if he can beat out Geno Smith, um, and Sam Darnold is the presumptive starter in Carolina. But will that actually be the case come Week One? Um, we we have no idea. <laughs> I mean, look at what happened with Carolina in terms of their their QBs last year. So. You never know what exactly is going to happen. I still think um, if um, Baker Mayfield um, is is available um, on the cheap, I think one of those teams would take a chance because it would be an obvious upgrade. But I think for the the NFL, it, it made sense because that is a huge talking point for the first Monday night uh, game. They want to have the buzz about it. So Russell Wilson going back to Seattle gives them an immediate narrative. Um, Michael, I know you're suge- suggesting like, the book the Seahawks, and we, we all have fairness that we're all saying essentially that we don't think the Seahawks are going to have a good season. And we just, but I thought like, it'd be something in October because you look at the schedule and they have Falcons week two, Lions week four, and they got the 49ers at home in between that. And again, it's back to the point we've made early on. We just, what we assume is going to happen is it won't bear to, to reality come, come September. I, I wouldn't be surprised if you had a Seattle team at two and two, for example, in October going against the uh, Broncos teams. It could be three and one and that still would be significant in terms of knowing that they get the numbers but look it is what it is it's going to be a great game and then um, there's a few players that have gone to uh gone to seattle who will, will have a point to prove you know immediately in week one to to the, the to the gm of of the broncos who included them in the trade maybe not so much through luck and but this is you know harrison fans will be obviously keen to prove their worth to seattle immediately Yes, sir. Uh, we've got a guest coming on in a few minutes. Colm, is, is there anything else that maybe tickles your fancy? I'll, I'll just put my thing in very quickly. Uh, that week 18, week 17 slate for the AFC West, if it does go down to the last few weeks, it looks like it could be mad. You got, uh, I know like you've got divisional games usually around that time in the last weeks of the season, but um, you've got um, the Chargers going to the Broncos and you've got the, the Raiders hosting the... Chiefs, and we've seen last year that, um, you know, obviously as serious as that game was for the Steelers and, and for the Raiders and stuff. So it was it was interesting to see what happened last year with the Chargers, but uh, it could really go down for the, it could go down to the wire. And there's there's so many games that could, that could go down to the wire. Is, is there anything else that sticks out to you? Yeah, the, the Bengals uh, end to the season as well. It jumps out week 17, they welcome the, the Bills, and week 18, they travel to play the Ravens. Um, you you would imagine that given the Joe, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and in fairness, the Bengals spending some money, that they will be there or thereabouts, and 
that could be really interesting to see both you you know you could see the bills and the Bengals really competing at the top of the the afc and so for for that in week 17 and then obviously um in in terms of the afc north the Ravens at the, the Bengals, I would expect the Ravens to be much better. I think they had a really good offseason, a good draft. They cannot have as many injuries. They simply cannot have as many injuries as they did last year. So I think that's a really, it's a tough ending um, to the um, regular season for, for the Bengals. But again, I don't think Joe Burrow is going to be particularly bothered by that. Um, it's an opportunity to go out and prove himself. But it makes for kind of fascinating viewing. And I think that's something that the the league have looked to do is is to put some games right towards the, the end where it'll be really meaningful. I know that the for example the the Eagles go to the Cowboys, I think week 16. Um right now, again, they could they're the two teams you would expect to to be battling it out. But come week 16, that that could be very different. But right now that looks one um that could be really interesting as well. And it sounds like to you, Brian, before we bring our guest on here. Yeah, it's more so probably the Giants, really. Um, a lot of people have suge- suggested that, you know, Giants coming to London, Packers, it's cakewalk, and it may, be, may well be a cakewalk for the Packers come come week five. But I think, and again, teams will say the same team, but I think bearing in mind what the Giants have on the on the schedule for the first four weeks, Tennessee week one, I mean, Titans are always in up and downs. I know they're number one seed, but there seems to be a lot of kind of concerns there, how they are going. Um, week two Panthers, week three Cowboys at home, and week four Bears at home. So I think the Giants, bearing in mind how things seem to be going, the new GM, the reconstruction of what he's putting in place, I, I think there's a fair argument that the Giants might have a couple of wins potentially coming coming into um, London. And I think that's what we'd all want. We want to see a team who's had a couple of wins come over, whatever team it is, just to make the game more interesting. And the Packers play the Bucks in week three. They play the Patriots in week four. You know, they've got a tough, a tough fast. They play Vikings week one away. So there's tough games with the Packers as well. So will we see Packers go in there four now? Maybe, probably not with those games. And I think it, it allows us to go and enjoy a, a game which is competitive at least. And then obviously to, to we part to that similar scenario with the, the Vikings and Saints. So just with a, with a night to, with a night in London to hopefully, we've had people last year say that the games weren't really up to the standards that they hoped for in terms of when they bought their tickets but um i think it's fair to say we should be seeing two good games you know at tottenham obviously then leading up to the game at Wembley. intrigued to see these games at tottenham and and, and yeah they're going to be very competitive games so excited to see it this season uh, in the nfl and we're not too far away now lads we're sitting here on the 13th of may and we're uh, just a little under four months away from the season starting we've got a guest coming on in a wee second just before we bring him on we're presented by trust gaming many arcade systems and the Erlingus College Football Classic. Uh, that's the first game to kick off this summer um, in Dublin, Northwestern against Nebraska. I'm really proud that we're doing this at silly o'clock in the morning, lads. Uh, if anyone does have any comments they want to add or wants to pop in and join the show or put, put a comment on the screen, go on to YouTube, search Irish NFL Show, and we'll try and read your comments out live on the air. Uh, just been for a guest to pop in, Colin. And anything else stand out to you? I know there's like a million games here. Um, yeah, I mean, again, some some of it comes down to um, how how certain teams will will react. I mean, to me, one of the stories of the this off season um, will be, and when we might discuss this with our, our guests, is is it will be around the 49ers and what they do in terms of um, the that Q, the QB situation. Who will be QB one for the 49ers week one? Um, there, there's an awful lot of um, noise around that, so that is one thing that um, I think will be intriguing. But given the division they're in, um, almost all of their uh, matchups are are interesting. And then the the other is um, the the Browns give you know the the trade for uh, Deshaun Watson and um, what what that might mean for uh, for them. Uh, you know they they again the AFC North is powerhouse division, um lots of lots and lots of, of good games, um and then week five uh, again Chargers at at the Browns that should be um, pretty pretty fascinating. We are delighted to welcome uh, a guest who is chilling out on his Thursday night. Jeff, what what year is it in Hawaii? I don't even know anymore. What's the 
What huh? year? It's 2022. <laughs> that don't change, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I was talking to you five minutes ago. Thanks for coming on. How's it well, going? We are, it's Thursday night, and you guys are, I suppose, Irish breakfast. That's a Guinness and an egg, right? Well, Hawaii... <laughs> Hawaii late nights a glass a glass of vino, so I'm sharing a glass of vino with you fellas tonight. Normally, yes, Jeff, but some of us have to work today. Some of us have to work. It's about time. Hey, you guys, how about today? Is that not is that not like the most NFL day you've ever seen, where stuff is leaking? They've made this. I'm telling you, next year. It's going to be dancing girls. It's going to be a its own show. It's going to be a date on the calendar. They never miss a trick. The NFL. Yeah, I, it seems to get bigger and bigger every year. Jeff, we were talking about it just before um, you came on the the QB situation in San Francisco. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's surgery uh you know seems to have thrown a spanner in the works a little bit around the trade but there's an awful lot of smoke coming out of there that you know it might be jimmy to to start the the season interested as somebody who's been involved in the game for um, for so long your thoughts are on that on that qb situation are, would would you will they be happy if it is jimmy to be, who is the starter week one i don't know if they'll you know again they're going to tell you they're happy no matter who it is whether it's Lance or whether it's Jimmy G or whether it's Baker Mayfield or any possible scenario out there because they, you know, obviously they got to get the confidence of their football team. But the bottom line, as I see it, is right now their best chance to win is with Jimmy G until somebody can come in and beat him out. And I mean clearly beat him out because let me say this about, and, and Mike and I talked about this on the podcast today. The one thing that gets you beat in this league faster than anything else is potential that doesn't perform. It's a performance-oriented business. And you can talk all you want about this guy can do this and do that, and he was this and that. Until they do it at the National Football League level, you know, it's, it's all speculation. Jimmy Garoppolo, for, for the faults that he has, and there are some, has taken a team to within one throw of a Super Bowl championship. And there aren't a lot of quarterbacks that can say they've done that. And until somebody, you know, in, in the fight game, they, they talk all the time, and I love the fight game, and the guys say, well, until you knock out the champion, you got to knock out the champion. You don't outpoint the champion. You knock him out. So somebody's going to have to win that job, and, and then Shanahan will build the offense around him. So that's the greatness of the offseason. We can all talk about all these scenarios. But the bottom line is the bottom line. And right now, Jimmy Garoppolo is the best, in my opinion, the best you know, opportunity that Seattle has to have a winner on the field. Jeff, we, we've seen a very aggressive AFC West this offseason. Everybody's you know, doing their utmost to rebuild their teams and put themselves in position to win. The Raiders' secondary is still a question mark. We've seen this week James Bradbury be released by the Giants and you spoke on our show previously when we were together in Crow Park around uh, Patrick Graham. How highly you, you think of him in terms of his being a defensive coordinator. He's now with the Raiders. They have a, a relationship there. It, would, it makes sense to see him, James Bradbury, go to the Raiders at some stage this offseason, for the remainder of the offseason. Uh, it's a great point. You know, everything you said is exactly right on. You know, when you, when you evaluate a player, and this is the great dilemma, right? You look at a guy, he's all these rookies that are going to come into the league. It's all speculation. It's a speculation market until they do it. James Bradbury has been there, done that. And Patrick Graham knows him personally. He knows what, he, what he's like on the practice field. He knows his preparation habits. He knows what kind of person he is. He knows what he's going to re, how he's going to react when it goes bad. Because the one thing you can guarantee in pro football is that you're going to face adversity on a weekly basis. And how you respond to that is more important than the adversity that you face. So Patrick has all of that going with Brad Bradbury. And I thought I thought this was another point to bring up was Jared Stidham got traded today from the Patriots to the Raiders. Why? Well, who's worked with Jared Stidham since he came in the league, right? So, you know, when you're trying to put a football team together, and there's 
you don't got three years anymore. The three-year plan that Dick Vermeil had every place he went, that's no more. It's no more like 13 months, and you better show improvement or you're going to be out the door. And so you want guys who you know because I've been there, fellas, and let me say this. When you, make a, when you move from a team, it's really a whole year before you even really know everybody in that room, how they're going to react, how they're going to respond, what their habits are, how they take coaching, all of that stuff. And so when you can get a guy that you know, that's a huge advantage. Jeff mentioned in your podcast there, Coffee with Coach Ryan Bold. You can search for it online and watch it. Great show last night as well. We had Mo Kelly from the Seahawks on. Talking about the Seahawks, Jeff, and we mentioned this last night a wee bit, like we're going on to the schedule release here now. Week 10 starts off with the Bucks against the Seahawks in Germany. Uh, there's a load of really, really good games at, in the 6 o'clock window for Ireland and the UK viewers. Um, and then on um, later on that evening, you've got the Dallas Cowboys going up against the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field. And Sunday Night Football is the 49ers against the Chargers. Is that like the the glory week? I mean, wow, that's class, yeah? You know, I don't know, Michael. I looked at the schedule, you know, as it came out. And, fellas, Mike, I hope – will you tell them the story about what Quandre Diggs did today to Maurice or what Maurice did to Quandre Diggs? It was absolute priceless. It was an all-time great prank, and we got to, we got to hear about it today. And I, Michael will share it with you guys later. But I looked at the schedule, and the first things that struck me – Obviously, the European games, the, the world games, the international games are, to me, you know, they're the creme de la creme of every schedule, right? Because they're so unique and so special. But Thanksgiving and Christmas this year are huge, huge weekends of football because, you know, you got the Bills and the Lions and you got the Giants and the Cowboys, which is a, I mean, that's been a barn burner for years. That's a hatred game. You got two teams that are going to be playing, I think, for that championship in that division. Everybody seems like they're you know, giving it to Philadelphia, but I'm going to tell you something. The Giants are going to be much, much improved, I think. And then the Pats and the Vikes. Then you go Christmas, and we get the, <laughs> we get the Packers and the Dolphins, right? You get the Broncos and the Rams and the Bucks and the Cards. Fellas, I mean, how lucky are we to have all those games together? I like the Denver-Seattle game in week one, right? And it was interesting because when we were talking to Maurice Kelly, the vice president of player development for the Seahawks and the next Seahawk himself, he loves Russell Wilson. You could, you could tell he loves Russell Wilson. But he got his back up a little bit in the, in the podcast when we mentioned that game because he's, all he said, and he's, Mo, Mo's a really composed guy, he said, just we'll be ready to compete. Our guys can't wait to compete against Russell. So that's going to be a bloodbath you watch. That game is at half one in the morning here, uh, Jeff. I think a lot of people will be foregoing sleep that night to watch that game. Hey, just tell them if they want to sleep, they can do that after they're dead. You can't get to watch. You're not going to watch the Seahawks and the Broncos when you're dead. You can you can do you can sleep after that after you you know you're pushing up daisies. Jeff, we haven't had the chance to talk to you on this show since the, the draft. And I suppose mm -hmm. in terms of um, the schedule release and the primetime games, the Pittsburgh Steelers still up, uh, up there with the top. They have five games on primetime. Is that a testament to the the coaching of Mike, Mike um, Tomlin? Is that a testament to the strength of the AFC North? Because it can't be to do with their QBs with Mitchell Trubisky and Kenny Pickett, right? Calm. That's a you know that's a great point. I think I think what you see, like for example, two teams that really jumped out at me in terms of their primetime exposure in this schedule were the Broncos, number one. Now you can understand that with Russell Wilson because the star power of one of the you know one of the faces of the NFL in Russell Wilson. On the other hand, the Steelers. That star power has been forged over four decades of excellence. And, you know, the number of Lombardi trophies when you walk into that facility in Pittsburgh that you see in the hallway, that's what has created that star power. And then I think what's really interesting is you watch the new, you know, the new kids on the block, if you will. The Bills are getting an awful lot of really good exposure in this schedule. You go back four or five years ago, I mean, 
it's almost like you had to call information or or 411 to find out where the bills even work and now they're on you know they're in top market profile games jeff um tom brady obviously signs this crazy deal this week with, with fox I, i'm kind of nice a bit with tom brady at the moment because he always said he wanted to go out on his terms and he didn't want the whole you know final year of, of his playing career being about him retiring he, he seemed to be impetuous with that decision after the, the rams lost you know he said he was retiring then he re quickly realized i have to come back and now he's signed this deal and, and everybody's going to be asking him anytime there's a bad result this season is this it now are you going into the, the fox booth straight away next season is it not just going to lead to more kind of speculation and off the field conversations <laughs> rather than rather than what's going on in the field and they have a tough start they're cowboys week one away the saints have been beating them over the past few years they're there they're going to new orleans week two you know they could be starting with a difficult few losses potentially you know what i i tom brady amazes me because he tells you it's not about me it's not about yeah. i'm not a part of this whole thing you know like hey who's the guy that released on his twitter the other day he kind of looks over his shoulder. He looks over his shoulder. And he goes, "Shh, it might have been a fumble." Talking about, you know, the fumble against the Raiders in the playoffs, right? The top now, one, yeah. What the, I think what Tom Brady's doing is playing with house money. All those years when he was in New England and he wasn't allowed to say anything or you know be anything or you know he was just kind of like the the robot quarterback that never was controversial, never said anything. Never, I think he loves the attention. I think he loves the challenge. I think, you know, why in the world, if you didn't want all the speculation about the end of your career and all of that, why would you release that you're already going to sign as an analyst for, for uh, I think it's ESPN or Fox or one of those places, for millions of dollars before you're even done playing? Why? Because Tom Brady, he likes to hear about Tom Brady. I really, truly believe that. And that's not bad. I'm just saying that I think when he got out of New England, it's like when I went to college for the first time. Because I used to have, I used to have to like, if I wasn't home by the time the sun went down, my mom was on my ass, right? And then I went to college, and there was nobody looking after me anymore. And it's like, oh, I'm gonna have all this fun. This is great, right? I think that's what's happened when he left New England. Yeah, I think he he only took was it ninety two million or something over like in like restructured <laughs> contracts in the middle. and he's now on well he's now, he's now the thirty seven point five a year. Yeah, he's next next highest paid guy to you, Michael. This is it. Uh, as Brian said, if if he had my money, he he'd burn his own. If only people really <laughs> knew the truth. Um, yeah, here like I mean, in terms of any analyst, Jeff, you must be laughing at this thirty seven and a half million. You know, you're worth at least 10 there, Jeff. Now, if Tom Brady can walk into a job there now and be like, here, here we go. I couldn't believe it, Jeff. 37 and a half. That's ridiculous. Like, come on. Well, you know what? It's interesting that those guys have figured out. And this is, you know, when, when we were talking to Maurice today from the Seahawks, he was talking about transitioning a player into the National Football League, which is part of his job. But once they're in, it's all, as soon as they start, it's transitioning them out of the National Football League. Now, there aren't a lot of them that are going to walk into $37 million a year jobs. But what he's concerned with is find your passion. And I think Tom Brady's passion is, as much as football, it's being in front of the camera. I think he truly, really enjoys that. And there's nothing wrong with that. So, you know, kudos to Tom Brady to turn, you know, uh, here's a sixth-round draft choice out of Michigan – that looked like he was 70, you know, not 70, I'll say 50 years old in his, you know, in his combine shots, you know, and you look at him now and you say, greatest that ever played the game, and he's going to walk off into a $37 million job after football. Congratulations, Tom Brady. Jeff, um, we talked a little while about the Steelers and their storied history. Mm -hmm. um, a team that, you know, um, has to look to the past for, unfortunately, I mean, we like to see teams do well, but the team that gets talked about all the time, America's team, the Dallas Cowboys. Mm -hmm. It hasn't exactly been an off-season to, to remember. Um, it's been one where Jerry Jones has made more headlines the, than the, the team. What do, you, what do you think as we sit here at the kind of mid, middle of May around the, the Cowboys and, and where they are, are, are at? 
Well, I, you know what? It's interesting. Like you get little nuggets and every once in a while you think, hmm, right? Today on, the, our, on our podcast, we were talking to Maurice and we were talking about players that you met during the interview process because teams are allowed to bring 30 guys to their facility, right? So, you know, if you bring a guy to your facility and there's only 30 opportunities to do that, he's got to be a pretty high up guy on your, on your thought process in terms of as a prospect. And we were talking about Malik Willis. And then Maurice said the guy that he fell in love with was strange. The guy that the Cowboys took with their first round or second, I don't know when it was, right? And, and or the Patriots took. And I thought to myself, you know, it really doesn't matter. It's you got to find the guys that fit for you. Now, the Cowboys, I thought, had a very average draft. And you know, they take an offensive lineman first who's – I'm not sure he's ready to start. You go from Tulsa to the Dallas Cowboys. And you take a defensive lineman that's been in trouble, you know, through his whole career at Mississippi with the second pick. And then just a bunch of guys really for the rest of it. You know, it was a very non-Cowboy draft. And maybe that's good because, you know, there's a saying that they have in Texas column that when you talk about a guy that's um, – full of hot air, or I don't know what the, I don't know what the Irish term would be, but a guy that's kind of full of himself. And, you know, they say he's all hat and no cattle. Well, the Cowboys have been all hat and no cattle for 30 years now. And, you know, if Jerry wants to win a Super Bowl, the, the clock's ticking, right? I don't know if you guys saw it. He was in an automobile accident last week, right? That should, that should serve as a reminder to him that, Hey, this football team's got a good enough quarterback. It's got running backs. It's got receivers. It's got a defense that's getting better. You've got to fix the offensive line and, you know, take care of business. And you got a chance because you're playing in the, in my opinion, the weakest division in football. Jeff, uh, Michael always likes to have a pop at the Arizona Cardinals. He, he likes to call them. The- <laughs> He likes to call them the seven and zero Arizona Cardinals, you know, before they have this the season meltdown, which seems to happen quite a lot these days. This year is a bit unusual. Like Cliff Kingsbury has signed the contract, but yeah, if you talk to Cardinals fans, a lot of people feel he's under pressure. The Kyler Murray situation, um, you know, in terms of the contract, he's not doesn't seem to be content at the moment. You've obviously then have the the Andre Hopkins six game ban. They've made it what a lot of people felt was a kind of a bit of an over the top trade in terms of giving away their first pick for Hollywood Brown. Where are you at with the Cardinals? Is, 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 it a, is it a make or break year for the, for the head coach? Hey, bro, you know what is interesting about the Cardinals to me is I looked at the schedule today, and I thought, this, I thought the Cardinals schedule was tough. You start looking through that, there's no way they're going to be 7-0 starting yeah. season, yeah. in my opinion. And, you know, we're going to find out about the Cardinals. This is a football team that has not had a particularly good offseason, right? And, you know... I think some of the holes in them showed up in the second half of the season, most notably at the quarterback position. Because if you took, and, and you know, again, I, I challenge anybody to prove me wrong, but you took Kyler Murray's playoff performance and put that on tape, and you said, I want you to evaluate this quarterback. There's no way you take that guy. No way, right? So it's going to be a big year in the desert. I think, I think a big year. And, you know, again, this is a team that's playing in a division that it's tough to win football games. Jeffrey, it's, it's always a pleasure speaking with you. I enjoyed chatting with you last night in Mo as well. You can check out coffee with coach online, Jeff's Twitter accounts and on YouTube as well. The podcast will be up over the weekend as well. Jeff, really appreciate your time. I'll reach in and chat to you. Um, Early more than your time. I, I know we have to chat about something. But Fellas, I have one question before I yes. go. Just one. How did you guys get Mike in a tie for this broadcast? He, 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 he's on the way to court after this. <laughs> Here, I'm going, Jeff, I'm going to the, uh, I'm going to the Balmoral show, which is uh, just cows. And, uh, Mike, fine. take the fifth. <laughs> No, I, I'm not. I just, I'm not going to the Balmoral Show or the Plyon Championship. <laughs> Jeff, thanks so much for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Hey guys, it's I'll try and wear a tie for you. Guys, keep knocking that out of the park because you're doing a great job. I appreciate you. I appreciate you as well, and hopefully see you in Dublin soon. Yeah. All right, mate.
See you. Thanks, Jeff. See you, man. Cheers. Thanks, Jeff. Uh, the legendary Jeff Reinbold. Um, I have to go to work in like two minutes. So any any final statements, Colm, anything else you want to add to this uh, incredible schedule, really special at 6.30? Well, well, given that um, we were just talking about the, the cars, I'll keep bringing it up. I am fascinated to see um, when um, Kyler Murray plays Russell Wilson. And I keep, go- I keep going back to it. The last time Kyler Murray was on the field, um, it ended with him being criticised by Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, and Russell Wilson. I think he, if if he is to to truly be the franchise guy, he's going to need to to right that wrong and uh, make a statement against the Broncos. Brian, um, are, are you going to call an hour or the Giants beating the Packers in London? Because you said it's going to be a good a good game. So. I uh, won't we'll go that far, Michael. Now let's just get the first week over, over with first, you know, before we get I think if you don't win, that, that license plate guy won't be back in the, in the country. Like, that, this boy's a good follow on Twitter. He, he, he's fantastic. Player. I don't know if you saw what he did this week, but essentially he reached out to New York sponsors and asked them to uh, create competitions for Giants fans to win themselves trips to New York. And he ended up going from having two competitions, having four competitions within three hours. So he does a lot for the community over there. Um, he seems to be very charitable with his with his money. Maybe we should reach out to him as a potential sponsor for next season. Um, but um, no, week three, like we haven't, we're trying to get our heads around the schedule so early in the morning. But week three, I am, um, I just was looking at it, and uh, there we go, Michael. I'll be that'll be in my brain come say six o'clock. There you season. go, folks. If we haven't talked about your team, here it is. Every team's there. Bucks Packers week three nine twenty five slate followed by 49ers Broncos Sunday night football followed by an even bigger game on Monday night football the Dallas Cowboys going into MetLife to play the Giants I mean what more would you want for week three but now seriously there's some great games there um, and it's going to be very difficult to see how we can go to bed at those um, time and drag ourselves away from really good games in particular on the Sunday nights the Sunday night football slate seems to be really enticing but look a few more months to go can't we it's going to be great. Uh, that's it. We'll, we'll be back next Sunday. We'll be back. Yes, I mean, that's that's when we're back, yeah. Next Sunday with a couple of special guests today. Some really, really good guests. Thanks for everyone who watched the interview with Tom Tedesco and Connor Rogers last week, especially on YouTube. Really appreciate the support, folks. And uh, that's it. You can you can keep up in the meantime on Twitter at IRENFL. Search Irish NFL Show on Instagram, Facebook, Podcast, YouTube. Um, we're presented by Trust, Mini Arcade Systems, and the Erlingus College Football Classic. Um, check that out now. Ticketmaster.ie slash touchdown Dublin. Get some tickets. Lads, see you soon. I gotta go to work. I gotta work. Enjoy the weekend. Goodbye, folks.